Welcome to the Film Look Podcast, where we're trying to achieve it one shot at a time. I'm one half the Film Look, Robert Carr. We're also joined by the other half of the Film Look, Richard Scott. That's me. And then we're also joined by the official, unofficial third member of the Film Look, Christian Foreman. He's, he's back. He is. We've back. rehired Hello, him you're, you're back <laughs> for the in. second time. You tagged back in to this podcast. I listened last week because it was really good. Liam did a great job. Yeah. It was really interesting. It's just a little bit of different perspective. Yeah. Like an actor's perspective instead of... I really like that story of him going uh, with his dad to Manchester for a five-minute audition yeah. or two-minute or something like that. Yeah. Very interesting and stuff. just come straight back. But that's an it's actor's o- Yeah, it's obviously that's what they do. You just never really think about it unless yeah. you're an actor. Yeah. Um, right, I'm going to go straight in with my movie fact. Have you seen... We watched uh, Terminator a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah. Um, so the original... Term, well, Terminator 2. Terminator 2, T2. Um, the original Terminator, he's an interesting fact about James Cameron, when he was... Uh, he was writing the movie. He was actually homeless. He was. And he wrote Terminator and he sold the rights for $1 so he could direct it. So what he could have done is he could have sold the rights and then he could have, you know, got a lot of money for it but not directed it. And maybe he's not went on to have the career and be well known the, as he the, was. The first Terminator we're talking about. The first Terminator. Oh. Yeah. So he's never done a film before that? No. Well, he was while he was doing this, he was just oh, he's putting everything into it. So, yeah, and like I says, with him selling that for $1, he'd become who he is. And same with Sylvester Stallone, the reason he made Rocky, he wrote Rocky. I knew he, that one, yeah. yeah. He, he, you know, he, he, he says, I'm going to direct it, so you don't get as much money for the rights to it. But then he owned them, and then he went on to went on to win an Oscar for that as well. So there's an interesting fact about James Cameron. So if you want to be successful, also, become homeless and Also, um, the Rocky theme tune and the Terminator theme tune have the same lyrics? None. Yeah? No. <laughs> Dun 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 dun. Is the the? <laughs> oh, I can't do this. No. <laughs> what? What's All right, the ro- Christian. What's, what's going on? <laughs> no, finish that. What's and, the Rocky theme tune? Dun dun dun. dun uh, right. Dun. So that that's the Terminator theme yeah. tune. Dun. It's <laughs> duns. And uh, Rocky is um. What is the Rocky theme tune go like again? There you go. Yeah. Ah, there you go. Right, Christian. What we're doing on this week's podcast? Coming up on this week's podcast, we have news and views where we'll be discussing the new Nerdwriter video about Mr. Bean, the four major conflicts in Back to the Future, and how to tell a great story in the 21st century. And you haven't seen that, we'll be figuring out how Moonlight, who won this film in last year's Oscars, achieved the film look by dissecting its filmmaking properties. And throughout the podcast, Robin Rich will be competing in a filmmaking trivia challenge. I've got something in my throat. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> We've got the biscuits on the table this week. So. We didn't get any questions this week, so we're, what we're going to be talking about, Richard? Uh, we're just going to pass on. Okay. <laughs> no questions this week. Um, if you want to send us any questions for next week's or, you know, send us any comments or topic suggestions, you can find us on Twitter at The Film Look. If you're listening to The Film Look uh, by, uh, via iTunes, then give us a rating over there. And if you didn't know, we also have a YouTube channel called The Film Look, where videos are uploaded every Tuesday and Sunday about all things filmmaking. You can also find some behind-the-scenes content about all that stuff on Facebook and Instagram. All links are in the show notes Fast below. <laughs> Rob, get us started with... News and views! <laughs> na, na, na. News and views! Na, na, na. Well, unfortunately, there's no news this week. There's only views. So you... And, vi- and views! <laughs> views. So you might need to and views! That. It's just because there's no, like, camera, notable camera equipment coming out and kind of stuff going on. So I've just got a couple of views um and the first are it's actually two videos that i think people should watch from film film coverage which i think we've mentioned before on the podcast and that youtube channel interviews writers which is something that kind of filmmakers overlook um and this 
This first one is um, it's called Essentials. It's building a story world, how to get a great story in the 21st century. Um, long title. I think they need to sort that out. But they actually interview a writer called Houston Howard, who has a new book out called You're Going to Need a Big Story, the 21st Century, Cent- 21st century Survival Guide to Telling Stories. Again, really long name. But building a super story. Yeah, it's actually, it's actually really long, these names. But his book is all about literally building story worlds. So he talks about how Oscar-winning films, um, most of them just have the story, but they don't have a big story world. So I'm actually going to go back to Rocky as a perfect example. Rocky, he talks about, is all about him, but if you take Rocky out of Rocky, you just have Philadelphia. That is the story world, and no one wants to watch Philadelphia just as its own. Imagine if you did take Rocky out, there's no conflict, there's no goal, there's nothing. Well, you can say that about any film. Not necessarily. If you, oh, that is. That's, <coughs> if you take the ring out of Lord of the Rings, it's ruined. just a bunch of guys no. climbing a mountain. Yeah, but it, the story world, though. Mordor, Middle Earth is still really still interesting. There's still stuff going on. So, but there's stuff going on in Philadelphia. Yeah. Such a uh, such in West Philadelphia. <laughs> born born and raised. <laughs> right, but imagine if you took. Um, I don't know if you've seen this um, film, Star Wars. Uh, what say what is it again right if you take luke skywalker out of star wars what do you have star Uh, wars you still have star wars no the the wars isn't there there is there's still stuff going on so what he's talking about is a lot of big um production companies now they want to build they want stories which have story worlds instead of just the individual story because they can sell multiple versions of the story they can build it up they, uh, can, they can make video they can, games about it you know they can make a tv Comics. show spin-offs they can do all of that and like says with oscar winning films this is probably the reason the winner because it is about individual people and stories but not a story world if you can have both like the lord of the rings they went on to win an oscar and they had story and they had story world then you've kind of got a winner then I you've got games and things like that afterwards. i think i understand yeah but not necessarily. Okay. Well, what you can do is you can because go and watch without, this video. What about without, say, Rocky, for example? You take Rocky out of it. Yeah. There's still there's still a story there. Apollo Creed's doing his thing. Could we not? No, but Apollo Creed's uh, um, conflict is against Rocky. Mm. Same okay. with same right. with everyone else in the film. You know, um, Adrian would just still be working the pet shop. She doesn't get a character. She doesn't develop into anything else because Rocky is the main character. I guess it's kind of like with Star Wars. You can pick like anyone so from about, the street and go like let's make something about you and it's going to be interesting yeah. so is it about having more than one protagonist or more than one story happening so for example Moonlight this week if you take Chiron out of it you've got nothing you've yeah. just got it's just know, that world Dr- if it was his story on a space station in a galaxy far far away mm-hmm. then it would be interesting yeah. if he wasn't there because there would be like Okay, I got you. Blasters and stormtroopers and that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a really interesting video and what he goes in, into talking about. Um, and again, I've got another video from Film Courage. And this one's um, the four major conflicts of Back to the Future. And what it is, is they've got um, a guy who clearly loves Back to the Future because he's sitting there in Martin McFly's outfit and he has a DeLorean right behind him. Was this you, Richard? No. No. <laughs> he wishes. Um, but what it does, it goes through the entire... I actually haven't watched all of this video because the video is actually two hours and 11 minutes long. And what you do is you sync up the video to the film and as he's watching it, he's telling you the story beats as you go along. And then at the very end, he kind of he breaks them down and goes, these are the main ones. That's cool. You know, 
and it's very it's a cool concept yeah and it's it's that long that's why I haven't watched it but I thought people might not want to know about it because I might actually do this because it's one of my favourite films and um, it'd be very interesting I've seen it that many times but it'd be interesting to see is like a story breakdown video um, so yeah go and check out maybe film. we should watch it on the podcast yeah and then we back can to do the future. back to the future yeah yeah that'd be interesting that'd, that'd be, be good um, there's another one to add to the list so yeah go and check those out because Film Courage is one of our favourite YouTube channels I believe for writing um, and yeah, it's just as important. Just loads of great tips. Yep. Um, and the last view is actually from the nerd writer who makes we like him as well, just probably as much. Um, <laughs> and he's got a, a new video all oh. about Mr. Bean. I love the nerd writer, but I get so jealous of how like the videos he does. How good they are. How yeah. good. I don't know how he does them. Yeah, same here. Um, Do you think he like sits at home and then like looks at a spoon and then goes? So the thing about a spoon. <laughs> yeah. He's just so clever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a very impressive person. If anything, he's too clever. He's too clever. <laughs> You're thinking well, too much about him, mate. <laughs> well, what he does, he breaks down why Mr. Bean and Ron Atkinson... The, See what I mean? How does, the, how does he get that idea? He's just sitting in his little apartment going, Mr. I, Bean, I could do a video around well, that. Well, no, I, when you watch it, you're like, of course you can, because the title is The Master of Physical Comedy, and Mr. Bean is a master of physical comedy. Mm. You know, it's... He uses less words than he uses more body language. That's and right. It, Mr. Bean is one of the most famous people in the entire world because yeah. it, it transcends all language because yeah. everyone likes a bit of physical the, comedy. The original Mr. Bean series was 16 episodes split over like five years, which I thought it was like there was 24 episodes a season and there's hundreds of episodes, but there's not. Mm. And then there's the films, but it's it's also about Rowan Atkinson as a stand-up comedian and he is... He is just as good there as well. Um, and it's just a really interesting video. I mean, I grew up on Mr. Bean, watching him. Um, and it's you know, the, one of my favourite episodes is where he's got the chair on top of the car when he goes to the, the apartment store and he's controlling the car from the, the roof mine, um, and mine, stuff like that. Mine is when he's at the beach and he's trying to get changed. Yeah, that's really with good. The t- with the towel on. I can't remember. Yeah, he's got yeah. the pants over his, over his yeah, trousers. Yeah, because there's a guy there. Cause there's no one else but there's a guy there and he thinks the guy's watching him. But the guy's actually blind. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, so yeah, go and check out the Nerdwriters video because and even if you don't know who Mr. Bean is, um, it's a really interesting video about how to use physical comedy um, within film. So uh, that's the end of News and Views. News and Views. Ah, oh, that's not me. <laughs> you go. We're you're away ro- for one week. We're a bit rolling And you ruin it. Lads. Should we swap? Let's on, swap. Then. News and Views. Na, na, na. News and Views. Na, na, na. Oh, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Let's switch back. Didn't feel right. Right. Trivia this week. We believe it's 2-1. We might be wrong there, but I think it's 2-1 yeah, to Rob. Yeah, yeah. So, to Rob. To Rob. Yeah. yeah. This week's game is all about sound design, and specifically Foley, that we were talking about just before we started the podcast. Oh, nice. Richard, this seems to be more your forte, sound design. Can you tell? Can you explain to the listeners who might not know what Foley is? All right, so the only thing that they record on set is the dialogue. Everything else is re-recorded in a Foley studio, so Foley is things like this. <laughs> Not that, that's me. Alright, so Foley would be something like this. So that's if he was moving around yep. in a and that's in a court. Co- so court. absolutely everything is re-recorded. So one really good example is Inglorious Bastards, where one one guy approaches uh a jail jail bars and he steps just a little bit too far and literally the, the badge on his jacket goes tink against the uh against the jail bars. It's all re-recorded and it's like multi-layered and it's really nice. And basically, what they did that for, because cameras were really, really 
loud, loud yeah. to yeah. begin with. And also, when you only got like one mic, you don't really hear everything. Our ears aren't really like microphones in a certain way. So in order to get that nice film sound, you've just got to re-record everything. So this is also Foley. So if, if there was a scene where someone was getting a biscuit, you might hear... But that doesn't mean that it has to be a biscuit. It can be rainfall. Now, this is a packet of uh, hobnobs, but you can maybe simulate a little bit of rainfall. No, maybe not, but it could be lightning. <laughs> no, if that was on a on a tent roof. Possibly. That could work. Yeah. Maybe maybe we could do lightning. <laughs> Once it's all Very, I mean, this isn't a perfect example. I don't have loads of props <laughs> with this, but... <laughs> Here's, so the sound of it. Here's the sound of a cup of tea getting put down. Yeah. There yeah. you go, because I've just put a cup of tea down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so very well explained, Richard. So yeah, it's just basically the reproduction of everyday sounds in post-production. And it doesn't necessarily... <laughs> that, that was a better explanation, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what the history is? Who the guy was invent- who invented it? Yeah, he was called like James Foley or yeah, something. Yeah, Jack Foley. So it, it was in the... He was like a radio 1927 guy. ...1927 when silent films were turned into non-silent films and he just recreated soundies yeah so he would just re- he would watch the films and recreate everything as it was like live the film was moving live yeah um, and he acted it out over and over again every time it was played so yeah that's Foley so this is what this week's quiz is about I've, I've called it the Foley Grail oh, oh yes I can't take credit for that because there's a book called The Foley Grail, so I stole oh, it. Okay. It's by a book that's called Van- by Vanessa Theme Ament. Great name, though. Great name. And her book we'll is the art, the art of Performing Sound of Film Games and Animation. For, for Film Games and Animation. Cool. Apparently, in my research for this quiz, it's highly recommended, that book. So have it, check it out. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. So I'm going to play you a Foley sound from a film. Okay. And this is going to be hard, by the way. It's more educational, this, this quiz. Okay. All and right. you have to, A, identify the sound and tell me what film it's from. But bear in mind... <laughs> from anything. Bear in mind this is going to be extremely difficult, so I'll give you some hints. Okay. okay. If you get either one of those, I'll give you a point. Okay. And then after that, you have to tell me what you think the original sound is. Oh, okay. That's cool. Is it, how, is it how, first to answer? How it was created. And, um, for example... But you did a video about stabbing watermelons and things, right? Yeah, we did, yeah. So, like, a skull-crushing sound effect would be, like, a frozen cabbage. Yes. Right. So, I'll give you some hands, like I say, because it's going to be quite difficult, but it's going to be fun. Fun quiz. And we're doing cool. first to answer. I think because of the nature of the quiz, unless you know it, it, it doesn't matter about who. We'll have okay. a discussion, yeah. then you can answer both. Okay. Um, do you want an example? Yeah. I'll give you an example. So, this is the most famous Foley sound, um, in my opinion. It's a lightsaber. It's a lightsaber. Uh, do you know how that was created? Yeah, it was a, a tone mm-hmm. coming through. Um, I think it was a speaker, and then he got a shotgun microphone and waved it about to create the Doppler effect. Yeah, exactly that. So it was microphone feedback from a from a TV, and that was just kind of discovered by accident. Yeah, uh, as he was trying to think of ways to create the lightsaber sound effect mm. it's 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 interesting how you create a sound from a thing that doesn't have sound in yeah. the real world yeah. how do you how does where does what that does idea come like? from it makes yeah. you think yeah. how much like accidental sound they've come across yeah like a, a, a sound designer will grow out a foley artist and be like i'm just gonna tap everything i see and see what sort of sound <laughs> i get from it okay so here's the first real one again this is difficult so don't be put off 
I know what that is. Yeah, that's, well, that's the boulder in Indiana Jones. Well done. It is the boulder. Um, it was a car on gravel. Oh, he's got them both. He'll, two he'll, he'll two do points. Well, this. He will. <laughs> <laughs> well, it only it helps because I, I did the research for this during the um, How Did Indiana Jones Get the Film Look episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was the, uh, the boulder in the opening scenes of Indiana Jones, and it was a rolling car without a motor. Did you know that? And it was also one of them, mixed. Sorry, mixed with a, um, a heavy lawn mower as well. The the most down. impressive sound effect is the sound of one of the trucks is actually a tiger growl oh. when he like when he turns the wheel. It to, actually goes. I'll just get rid of <laughs> get rid of that one. <laughs> <laughs> get him. Uh, number two, two one two two nil, Richard. Well, it's Chewbagger. Obviously, Chewbagger. Um, I'll give you both for that. I don't know. Uh, how was that recreated? Uh, it's a camel, a whale, and a hippo. Yeah, I'll give you that. Get in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. Fair enough. Like, I thought you would do worse than this, Chris. It's a walrus and other am- animals, some, yeah. of, some of which you said there, so I'll give you that point as well. Well done. One more for this round, and we'll move on. This is... I'm going to so badly. <laughs> it again this is extremely difficult you're not going to get I mean this. it's like cracking a vice or something so it's a film that we watched two weeks ago Terminator yeah listen again uh, is, is it when is he's it, frozen and he's cracking no 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 it won't be because there's loads of stuff going on quick guess before Play I tell it again? you last time um, is it when he's when one of the T eight hundred stands on the skull? It is. Oh, nice. Yeah, the opening shots. Yeah, right at the start. How it like? And then it like pans up. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the crushed skull. So it's a skull yeah. crushing sound effect. Yeah. So I'm how gonna imagine. They, how do they do that? Sheets of ice and frozen cabbage. No. No. Take um, a guess. Or like good le- guess though. Probably. Lettuce or something. Polystyrene. <laughs> I don't know why that would make poly- why it would <laughs> Anyway, it yeah. It could do. It could do, yeah. Polystyrene? No, it was um, uh, stamping on pistachios. Ah, right. Uh, nuts. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, you want to stamp on those as well. Horrible. Pistachios. Pistachios. Anyway. <laughs> A little interesting uh, oh, inside man. into Rob's life there. Yeah. <laughs> so what? Uh, do you like the game? It's a good yeah. game. Yeah, I do. I like the game. I'm going to lose at it, but I like it. It's What's fun. the score there? Five one, something like that. Something yeah. Like that. Oh, because we're doing like double, double point yeah, opportunities, yeah, yeah. aren't we? Okay. Cool. Look forward to six more Foley sounds Great. across the podcast. The Foley Grail. The Foley Grail. Moving on to this week, you haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen. And we're that. going to be talking about Moonlight. Moonlight is a 2016 American coming-of-age drama written and directed by Barry Jenkins. The film presents three stages in the life of the main character called Chiron, and he's played by three different actors. It explores the challenges he faces with his sexuality and identity, including the physical and emotional abuse he endures growing up. Moonlight became the first film with an all-black cast um, to win an Oscar, Uh, the first LGBT T film to win an Oscar. The film's editor became the first black woman to be nominated for an editing Oscar. Mm-hmm. And Ali, who played the third uh, iteration of the character, was the first Muslim to win an 
uh, acting Oscar. Lots of firsts yeah. over this film. It famously was... I know, I thought I accidentally watched La La Land. <laughs> I was, hey, hey, someone's going to do it. <laughs> I was going to say that. I mean, I do love that film as well. Um, yeah, so what the, the, so whole, the whole La La Land Moonlight thing last year, I think at the time it was very embarrassing, very yeah, cringeworthy was, to watch. Yeah. Ryan Gosling was so funny, his face, <laughs> he was, uh, it was class. But I think, I might be wrong on this, but long term it might do the film well because everyone remembers that hiccup. Yeah. Um, oh, that's true. I might be wrong. It's publicity, but isn't then it? people might remember La La Land rather than Moonlight. But yeah, who was the best picture last year? Two thousand sixteen. Well, you know, don't you? It's no, like uh, the oh, the year before. The year before. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you, but you, you yeah, could I, tell I me tell last you, year. Yeah, I can tell you last year because of the La La Land hiccups. Or maybe it'll do it well. Yeah. There was Spotlight, by the way, who won the year before. It's a good film as well. Uh, so Daylight is going to be this year. <laughs> Oh, God, puns. So you've seen this before, Rob. Yeah. Richard, you haven't, I assume. No, yesterday was my first time. I watched it. I didn't watch it last year around the Oscar buzz. I watched it a couple of months ago on a plane. I watched it a month ago. When it came on Amazon Prime, I watched it. Yeah, I watched it soon. And then I watched it again this week in preparation for this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, I I really like the film. I think it's a groundbreaking piece of work. I'm glad it won. Yeah, Actually, I'm not sure. I, I love La La Land, I really do. Yeah. But I think this is probably more relevant and important to film, and that's what the Oscars is all about yeah. at this stage. It's an interesting... Yeah, to say, like, La La Land is probably an Oscar-worthy film, Yeah, but this way deserved the Oscar yeah, over La definitely. La Land. Yeah. Um, I think it's an interesting coming-of-age story that you don't necessarily... I've never seen before. I didn't know what this film was about. So I believe that when I went into it. When it when all right, let's then. start with... What's your, your overall opinions on the film, Richard? Honestly, I think this is the best film we've watched on the podcast. Oh, wow. Wow. I was worried. I was, I was worried. I was, well. I was worried about what you were thinking. I think about. it does so much. And I think With Barry Jenkins is possibly the greatest director of all time. Wow. wow. Yeah. Strong. Like, he's, strong words. Because it is just his words on screen. Yeah. Yeah. It's his I, thoughts. I think this film does a lot with not much. You know the the main character throughout his the three stages of his life. You know, he, 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 like I think one of the other characters scores. You can't even get three words out. And this film does a lot with just the atmosphere. Yeah, like not not a lot really happens in no, this film. Yet you're, no. you're so invested in it. Yeah. I was it's, really apprehensive to watch this. I actually couldn't be bothered to watch it yesterday. And I always I always try to watch the film really early, so I want to watch it, whereas last night I had to watch it because yeah. I didn't have any more yeah. time. Yeah. But then literally like four seconds in and I'm just totally hooked. Yeah, It's a very powerful and emotional piece that does just pull you in as the story goes. It's so tense for me anyway. No, no. And, it, and yeah. it, it's, it packs such a punch, like you say, with very little. Mm. There aren't is, many films that the, the credits start rolling and I just sit there thinking about it. That's when you know you've made a good film, when you, you can't sort of fathom what, what's just happened. And I, I did feel that way about La La Land as well. I do really like La La Land. I think what's different about this and La La Land, I was thinking about this yesterday, is that w- the power of La La Land was in the the end. The last 20 minutes yeah, yeah. Yeah. was the power of it. and if that, that was its impact. If, if, if you took that 20 minutes out, it's a very, very flawed film, mm-hmm. but it kind of pulled you back around at the end. Yeah. Whereas this, the ending is just as good, but it, it it's because of the whole film and the the journey that it takes you on. Yeah, like both those films, I would put them next to each other. Like I'd I'd watch them both again and again and again. Yeah, yeah. that that for the Oscars last year, like that's 
you know, that's why they kind of they were both on stage. Yeah. Even though it was a mishap, it was just because they were both that good. Yeah. You know. So. Okay, we move on to the story and yeah. the characters then. So the character, well, the main character is Chiron. And like we said, it's um, documents three stage in his, st- stages in his life. So it was, I can't remember how young he was initially. I think he was eight, about seven. Seven, eight. Yeah. And then it moves on to his teenage years, about 15, 16, 14, yeah. around there. Yeah. And then early adulthood, so early 20s, I would say. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really... That's interesting. Does it tell you how old he is? Or is it just, no, it doesn't, no, it doesn't I don't specify, does, does I don't think. No. I think at one point, because um, when he gets sent away to prison, the scene him, he got sent to juvie, is, if that's what that is in America. So that shows yeah. that he's under 16 he's or under something 16, like yeah. so that. He's under 16, but I think that's the only kind of time. Um, yeah. Uh, interestingly, before we go on this, Jenkins didn't let the Chiron actors hang out with each other. Mm. Yeah, and I read that. Um, so they could have their own... I suppose the difference between a seven-year-old and a fifteen-year-old are two different people, yeah. and a fifteen-year-old and an early twenty. Yeah, yeah. they wanted they want them to have their own kind of personality, which you do at that age and yeah. all throughout those ages. So that's interesting to. to would, my only criticism going in before we get to the good bits is that I think the middle child didn't act as much like the other two surrounding it. He was like a completely different person, but oh, maybe maybe that was deliberate. Maybe it wasn't. Um, you know, it could be a social like commentary on how we're very different in different stages in our lives. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I also thought the the middle kid didn't look like this the other other two as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, there's a very difference between him when he's a lot older to the middle kid, to, as opposed to the first one. But that's I suppose explained in the story, isn't it? So. But I thought that's the big theme of the film is how we, you know, we change our identity and different stages of our life yeah and it's interesting to where he's changed his identity and where he's come from and his neighborhood and you know the everything so, changes in just a few yeah, years he's so like everyone knows who he is and what he's probably is going to become and yes he does kind of become that but it's it he's you know he's hiding behind something that he doesn't even understand himself um, from one one experience he's had in his life and he's kept that which is so interesting he, he plays all of the characters all the actors play that loneliness and isolation extremely well. It just like oozes off them, yeah. particularly with how little dialogue they all had. Yeah, I mean that's what I said. Like, there's hardly anything in this film, and it does so. It's so powerful in a way. Yeah, there's so much what what you would traditionally call like dead air, in a way, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But I feel like all of that is just very, very necessary. Yeah. So should we talk about his arc as a character? Mm-hmm. So his main arc is he's this shy bully gosh, boy. Bully I would say shy is the wrong word, like a troubled, isolated young man. Yeah. Because of his external surroundings. Yeah, he doesn't he, really have a group or anything, does he? he he's, he's very not. quiet, um and then he meets one one. Mm-hmm. And it's some well, I suppose the end arc is that he essentially becomes one. Yeah. Yeah. You a, know, because that, he's he's it's a father figure isn't he he sees he, him as a father figure he deals drugs he's quite hench yeah. he wears one of those what's those things called where you put them on the lips grill. grill grill he wears yeah. a grill dresses yeah. the same yeah and I suppose that's because he's the he see that's the only father figure he's ever really had yeah. and he's seen him succeed in that world so probably has to revert yeah. into that facade if he wants yeah. to survive yeah I mean um, that's, his, that's his arc then he, at the end but I feel like that middle the middle one the teenager was doing everything he could in order to not become him. He was. Because he resented yeah. him so much for 
being the guy who deals drugs to his mother and and dying because of it. Yeah, you know, that's what we, we, it's you know you, you don't get those words, but, but it's. I think you could see that in his third iteration that he doesn't enjoy this. He yeah. doesn't enjoy the lifestyle that he has. Or at least we don't see that on the screen. Mm-hmm. And it was just it, the best opportunity. It's he was just given. what he had to do with yeah, yeah the cards he was dealt. Yeah, and he, it was, and know, it was the, same, the same with one though. He don't really. He doesn't seem to like his life. He's yeah. very ashamed. He's always yeah. about dealing drugs, but he's just that's all he has to do to survive yeah. as well. Yeah. And um, interesting thing about is it, how do you pronounce one? Is it Marshall Ali? Is that right? Uh, the all actor. Right. Oh, I don't know how to pronounce. Yeah, his name. Um, Ali. Yeah, he's in it for like twenty-five minutes, and he won the Oscar. He was good though. Yeah, he, the thing is, when I watched, that, I was just like, when I knew he'd already won the Oscar, and I was like, right, he's, he is going to be in all the way through this and then he's not and it's just like but he was so powerful in this yeah like, and um, throughout that year when they were making this he was doing like four other projects and um, there's an interesting article and between throughout those projects he was filming at different times and he was using music to get into the roles because they were all slightly different um, so obviously with this character he was probably listening to you know more gangster music than anything else to kind of get into the role. I'll, I'll try and find the article because he actually goes into the songs he, he listens to. But he did so much that year, and it's it's just you know what it's he, funny when, how he's he at the Oscar. Oscar winner for this because I absolutely hated him in Luke Cage. Yeah, he was I thought awful. he was a, such awful. a boring villain. Yeah, There's and one I, good shot, and that's when he's standing and the, the and picture the, gets the, the crown on the him. crown on him. Other yeah. than that, didn't like him, and then in this he's just unbelievable it just shows that it's it's the it's the role isn't it that yeah, you're given yeah. Yeah. I really didn't like him in Luke Cage but I think it's just it was a just, boring character and I mean people all say that Luke Cage was great but it's not Luke Cage is the, no. the worst well, one th- it, you know he was filming that in between this in between something else I seen him in another role where he was in for about 10 minutes in a film he was playing a similar character to this so he was constantly going in between roles and in the article he's like how he gets into them yeah. he's just a working actor and then he went on to win an Oscar and it's deserved he did yeah what I like about the character of Sharon is I don't think I've, I feel connected to him when you're watching it mm-hmm. you feel like the struggles he's going through and you empathise with the character despite you know the challenges he's going through is he's, he's this you know closeted homosexual yeah. in a, a very uh, violent area and he deals drugs and I've, I've, those experiences couldn't be more far removed from my from <laughs> yeah. my life. Yet I feel really connected to him as a character. I suppose, um, which is, I suppose every child is, gets bullied, don't they? Yeah, which is it's the sign of a good film that you, and sign of good art in general that you get empath you empathize with people yeah. despite having no relationship or connection to their world. I mean, yeah, you really do feel from throughout the the film. It's like it's from what he goes through and you know some, we've seen a lot of this before but for some reason you, you just care for these characters and I love that it's, it's three different ages you know yeah. they've done it and you you see a, see how someone has changed um, but hasn't in a way like yeah. I, but I think he's There's just still those, he's just a lost person those, those fundamental character traits that make him who he is yeah. is still evident in all the all the actors that are shown yeah. in a very subtle way which I've no idea how you direct that it's amazing and yeah. it's it's really strange that the three actors hadn't met each other at all because there were certain little mannerisms in his facial expression and how quiet he was and reserved mm-hmm. that were in all three of them and it seems so strange that they never met each other at any point and especially the adult one uh, 
I was really impressed in that because as soon as you saw his character with the grill and the and the muscles and everything and the cool car, you would be thinking, is he gonna try and like pull off this like macho gangster sort of thing? But he was never like that, like at all. Not you, really. And any time he kind of does that, I mean, there's a bit where he's, the guy's counting the money's like it's not all there, and it was. Yeah. But it's just it's kind of I've got to do this. Yeah. yeah. You can like, see that he's I'm, I'm he's playing a part. Yeah. It's just a facade. But when he's alone, he's like, he's a, he is a different yeah. person. So. Yeah. Uh, we move on to the direction then. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I've got to say about this, well, it was shot in 20 days. 25, I've got. 25, 25 days. <laughs> Which is amazing. <laughs> was it why I heard 20 for some reason? Uh, on IMDb, it says 25. <laughs> yeah. The Naomi Campbell scenes. Yeah. Have you got this fact? Yeah, I've got this fact. Shot in three days. Yeah. How in, amazing is that? Because she was doing the tour for Spectre. Oh, okay. Naomi Harris. No, 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 no. Naomi Campbell, I do oh, believe, is a supermodel from the 1990s. Naomi Harris. Yeah, she, um, Naomi Campbell was in as well, did you not see? No. <laughs> so she shot her entire role over three days, like you said, during the promotional tour of Spectre. Uh, and she, sorry, you finish up. No, it was because it was, she had visa problems, so she couldn't stay too long, but um, she films, it's, there's a 15-year span between her roles in all of those scenes. She's on. She's in the three uh, sequences, right? Three, three sequ- Yeah, she's in she's th- three in sequences, three. but she filmed them out of order. So in those three days, she, she, she there wasn't like she was getting older. She just had to jump in between it. And another interesting fact about her, she, uh, she actually turned down the role because she says, which actually I don't really like this about her as an actor. Um, she said when she become an actor, she starts getting these roles, she only ever wants to play powerful women. She doesn't want to play women that's obviously portrayed in here. She's a drug. She takes drugs. She's she's not a nice mother. She she said she never wanted to to play that role. And kind of when I oh, heard, yeah, she doesn't want to play uh, like bad bad looking women. Yeah, not phys- not physically, but like she doesn't yeah. want to portray Port- bad people. Yeah, and it's kind of I, I'm and obviously the the, the director of this um, Barry Jenkins kind of went to her and explained it, and she realised that it's an amazing role to play. Yeah. So she has realised that because I think as an actor, you know, don't say no just because, you know, you, you might not, because she couldn't relate to the character as well, which is very understandable, but I think she was, she did an amazing job She's in this. so good. She's a really good job. Particularly though. how different, because she went through an arc as well, mm-hmm. how different all her scenes were to mm-hmm. do that shift yeah. in three days. I mean, she was with three different actors as well, yeah, you yeah. know, it, it, kind of at the beginning with the kid um but that's when she was like you know she was a bit at first she's she looks like she's a nurse um and then she goes on from that but to do that in three days and then the, to film this in 25 days big turnaround is so i really can't fault the direction of this film i think everything is just so polished even though it has a it feels like it's got a lot of breathing room you know there are moments like the the first ever shot in the film is like a one just one giant wanna and you think they've got a lot of time to be able to sort of move around and everything, but the fact that they shot this in 25 days and it still feels like they've got so much creative freedom to do it. Yeah. I don't know. This get, guy just seems like a genius. It's one of those ones where everything on screen is exactly, feels like exactly what he wanted it to look like. Yeah, it's like, it's it's, it's so exact. He, he told the story he wanted to tell. Yeah. What I liked about the story, going back quickly to that, is that it allowed the audience to fill in a lot of blanks it assumed a, a lot of intelligence of the audience so there was a lot of things that happened in the background so for example it never really focused on the mother like the her story we kind of assumed a lot of things and never focused on him moving to Atlanta or 
what else? Him, the 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 death of one. Yeah, no, it didn't fall. Um, which is a big just, thing. Yeah. It, they kind of passingly mention it, mm-hmm. and the audience has to fill in the blanks. Yep. Going all oh, that that happened there. That. So there's no like exposition shoved down your throat. No. Because all 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 he wants you to focus on, well, the main story is Sh- Sh- Chiron, isn't it? Yeah. And everything else is just hap- everything else happening around him yeah. isn't important. Mm-hmm. And there are times in the film I felt like I was questioning what was going on, but everything seemed to then finally fall into place and answer it. Like I didn't know who the one character was at first. I don't know why he was talking to these different people. My just pulled up in his car and started talking, mm-hmm. and he was moving around and stuff. I don't know why he went up to the. Uh, to the flats and pulled off the cork board to mm-hmm. reveal the, the 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 kid in the room, yeah. but then you get to answer all of that through sort of sitting in scenes further on. It's kind of like sets up a lot of questions, but it doesn't seem like there's any exposition at all. No. It's all just questions and then just answers at some point in the film, and it does seem to answer everything. You know what? This is the exact opposite of the TV show Lost. (laughs) It answers everything. Everything you've ever questioned. Don't get started (laughs) on Lost. (laughs) Should we move on to the the cinematography, the lovely cinematography Ah, of this film? Rob, do you want to take this? I mean, um, it's so good. Good. I mean, it's it's amazing. Like, um, I've got some interesting facts about what was shot and and the reason they used this. Um, because uh, the one, had, obviously, it's got a very contrasty look to this. And they shot on an Alexa XT. And I've got an article here from someone asking the, the cinematographer, who I don't actually have his name, um, the, some questions in the one, oh, did you shoot on ProRes or Arri Raw? And as, as we all know, if you don't shoot on Raw, you're not a filmmaker. And he said, no, we just shot on ProRes because um, we did tests and it gave us the necessary look. We didn't need to shoot Raw We didn't because they didn't have a lot of time to, pro- to process this afterwards as well. Yeah. Which I really like to hear because... You know, you have to shoot raw, you have to shoot 4K, you have to do all this. And it's like, no, it's it's about storytelling. And one of the main reasons they did this is because, obviously, we all know raw files fill up cards very quickly. You have to keep changing them. That means you have to keep stopping takes. and The workflow is an absolute yeah. <laughs> And because they were working with a lot of actors um, that had been on screen for the first time, a lot of these hadn't done anything, especially right. the, the younger kid. Um, they wanted to, you know, right, same one, take one. Um, what am I missing? Same one, take one, shot one, whatever it is. <laughs> I should know this. Um, and then they just wanted to shout action and then just keep rolling and rolling and rolling. Right. And they didn't want to cut. They just wanted to give the they actors... They didn't want to sort of pause on yeah. everything and get them going again. They yeah. wanted to keep that because, momentum. Yeah, because it, it, it does stop the actors with moment, momentum. And in a film like this, especially when there is longer shots and there's a lot of atmos- atmosphere going on, and like with the younger actors, let's just roll. Let's yeah. let them do their job. We've done ours. We don't need to shoot on these fancy codecs and everything. Let's just <laughs> let's just shoot it. We know we've tested. No one it before. cares about the codecs. No, no one cares about the codecs. We've tested it beforehand, which is the perfect thing to do. And there is very three different looks in this between the different ages. Um, obviously, the it's set in Miami, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, the one they used a lot of the natural light and the harshness of it, so they could create the contrast with it. And obviously. Um, with dark skins, it's it's more contrasty then. Yeah. I mean, my favourite shot in this is with no- Naomi Harris, where she's just Camp- about... Naomi Campbell. Naomi Campbell. <laughs> when she's just about to go into our bedroom. Uh, that would be your favourite shot, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, when she's standing outside of our bedroom and there's that pink light. Yeah. Uh, and it's just... it 
it, I don't, and what they wanted to use is the reflections of the skin as well. So, you know, it's a warm place. It's everyone that's quite sweaty. Got so them quite sweaty, yeah. Yeah. And it's just with information like that, it's kind of do your tests, work out what's best, and let, let the actors do the job. And yeah. that's a, you know, I'm talking about cinematography here, but then we also go in actors, but that does help them as well. So I noticed it, there was particular colours used in this. Uh, and we're both a fan of teal. Uh, and there was a lot of like sort of particular blue parts in this, and as soon as oh, I started catching all, it, all of it was blue. Yeah. yeah. Um. Did the did the shoot on like weird, like vintage lenses? Yeah, they've got um. Because the, the it's not like sharp all the way through, is it? No, the uh, the the edges are like very very soft, super soft, super soft. Yeah, yeah, I really liked that about it because it felt like it had. Well, you were with the person, you yeah, were with the person who was speaking, which I really liked about it. Um, I've got the list up here if I can find it. And it, they used a lot of close-ups as well, where you would traditionally find that they would pull out so it can see a little bit more. But um, one example would be when um, the the second part, the second chapter, when you're in his his teens, uh, and he tells his friend to 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 punch him in the in the playground yeah. and it's just spinning round and round and round you don't really know what's going on at first i was like oh that's something i'm going to talk about on the podcast because i don't like that and then as soon as it cut to him already there being sweaty waiting for to get punched mm. it was like oh, okay that totally tells the visual uh metaphor for what's going on in his head mm. Yeah, Barry um, Jenkins, man, honestly. They the used anamorphic lenses, which obviously you can tell. Um, yeah. You know, the Hawk V light anamorphics, never heard of them. They look very expensive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the kind of, obviously, that gives it its look. Yeah. Um, it's just. It, it has like a aesthetically pleasing flaw to it. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, that was really nice. It wasn't sort of synthetic, I, and that's exactly what it needed to yeah. be. I love the the whole contrast of this. I like. Yeah, yeah. I, I seem like the uh, the daytime scenes in the sun was deliberately like the ground was deliberately like overexposed. Mm -hmm. It seemed like it was brighter than most things I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely got its own style and look to it. So. Yeah. Well, what I liked about it is that normally films with these sorts of themes about living in projects, drug culture, crime, they tend to be very gritty. Mm -hmm. Greatly shot like a documentary to make, right, the, make yeah. the audience feel like they're there and living in living like in, when in they the typically slums. do like a slump slump in LA yeah, and it's like exact. graffiti gray scale and grainy it, yeah there's a there's a gray tint to everything because yeah. it's because it's real you know yeah. whereas, <laughs> like, whereas like heat for example <laughs> yeah. yeah whereas this one obviously very deliberately very colorful mm. film very stylish very daring shots which you don't tend to see in these types of films yeah but again it, it was a part of this story wasn't it sunny really Miami sort of thing yeah definitely as the cinematographer was called James Laxton James Laxton and I'm just looking at his IMDB page here this is his most notable film I, he hasn't really worked on anything of note before but he has worked with Barry Jenkins he's like the main the, those well, two work together work every work time together. yeah that's always good to know yeah I've got a quote from Jenkins he said talking about cinematography we wanted to embrace the tension of that beauty juxtaposed with the very dark things that were happening to the characters in the story so it is, you know, like you said, it's very beautifully mm -hmm. shot, but yeah. the themes are quite heavy. Mm -hmm. um, and it was shot on one camera. Didn't use multi-cameras. Yeah, it felt like that just, way. It just felt very... to get your coverage. and I mean, the coverage-wise, it was just, it was just my favorite... kind of reverse shots, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. My favourite scene, or one of them, was where one and Minnie Chiron were in the water. Yeah. yeah. 
and I've never seen a shot like that before where the camera was like half in the water and half out and it kept bobbing up and down. Yeah. And it was just circling them, wasn't it? Or, yeah. Uh, it, 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 the coverage is just kind of in front of them and then behind them for this entire film. And that's it's just a very interesting choice, decision to, to do that. But mm. it made you feel that, I don't know, you, I suppose you're experiencing this with him. Well, in a way with this film, you know, we say that not, not a lot actually really happens. I, w- I would like to get my hands on the script because it seems like there would be a, a hell of a lot of white space going on just for audience thinking time. And because there aren't any like real set pieces in this, it seems like just getting your basic coverage is exactly all they need to do because everyone's going to be so overwhelmed with what's actually happening on screen. No one's going to care about cool shots. Yeah. <laughs> like w- at, at any point did you go, oh, that was a, that was a cool shot. Yeah. Well, I like the, the water one. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, at any point, shot. did you think, "Ooh, that shot must have been expensive"? Yeah. No. 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 Oh, I wonder how they did that. And yeah. they, they are very stylish with the, the one camera. Like they're very exper- experimental with the, the single camera. Yeah. A lot of it was very moving, very shaky cam. Yeah. I can't yeah, remember a scene where it was just the camera was sit down. Yeah, a lot of it was. Um, I've just maybe when they're in the maybe when they're in the cafe. Yeah. At the end, it's kind of. I, th- I think a lot of it was like on a steady cam. It's literally just looking to move quick. Yeah. And frame up as fast as possible yeah. and stuff like that. So. Yeah. It, it looks like there was a couple of like really smooth, gimbally sort of shots. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Special slash visual effects. Was there any? I can't really think. If there was, they were perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can imagine it's literally just masking things out. Things yeah. Things in the background. The wire removal. Wire removal. That's, the that's the about visual it. effects with this would count a few occasions I think there's two occasions with Kevin and his mom Naomi Campbell uh, <laughs> where the audio was out of sync with the the shots oh when she was shouting yeah and uh, it was like slowed down a little. slowed down yeah. a bit of a POV they were looking directly into the camera yeah that doesn't really count I love that but shot no not really no. it's more <laughs> editing and sound design yeah, yeah. but that's as, but it's, it's, as a visual, to visual, it's a visual yeah. effect that's the most visual effect thing in there yeah no I can't think of anything else mm. okay editing so um, again yeah, I think I it was mean, just it under a two hour film got nominated didn't it the first um, what did you say about the editing the woman who did it so she, she was nominated she was the first black uh, edit, yeah, editor. Yeah, yeah. That was there, there was one shot again that I was going to go right that's something I'm going to tick off and uh, talk about on the podcast because that was crap and then as soon as it cuts to the next shot and I have a good thing about it I'm like oh god <laughs> oh, Barry Jenkins knows what he's doing <laughs> what was, what was um, so it's it's the shot where adult version mm-hmm. what's his name again Chiron Chiron he's walking to the diner yeah all right, uh, yeah, that's, that's his nickname. Yeah, yeah. Um, when he's walking to the diner and it's like behind, sorry, and it's behind him the whole time, yeah. and we're like, we, we see him get out of the car, uh, brush his hair, yeah. close the door, and then slowly walk over. And it, at first, I was thinking, "Ah, oh, get it cut, man! Come on, it's just so, so slow. Let's get on with it." And then as soon as it cut, and then that scene started to happen, I was thinking, "No, Barry Jenkins wanted that very particular shot because he wanted." this really nervous guy to be like every single step is going to count mm-hmm. and you know what you're going to go to a date with that girl that yeah, finally yeah. said yes mm-hmm. and and every single step and you can feel the way you're walking and then you start walking a bit weird because you're conscious over it it's just oh man yeah, very good now's what he's doing yeah. um, 
I, I watched <laughs> this obviously the second time. Pearson's just as good. I think I enjoyed it. I mean, I've listened to the soundtrack loads, so it was like every time the soundtrack happened, I was like, oh, that's that song, that's that song. Yeah. Which we'll get into in a minute. But yeah, editing wise, it's. It's very interesting the way they edited, or I suppose there's a shooting and editing as well, the, the sex scene in the middle of the film. Yeah. How you don't really see anything. On the beach. Yeah, on the beach. Yeah. Because we know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. not, it was. But it's interesting because there was never really the point of the film. It wasn't the fact that it was, you know. Well, it's you know, it's about it's about love, but it's not about it's it's about the str- romantics, it's, is it? It's about the struggle and what that uh, rather than the sex side of things. He, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't doing that to fill his uh, need. No, well, I he mean, was. It was he, like he, a. He, he's, he's trying, trying to, to figure, he's trying to figure out what throughout the film like what's going to make him happy and then he kind of finds something is it but he doesn't know if it's right if it's acceptable you know that it didn't feel like a sexy scene no it was a, a quite an intense and in, emotional scene yeah it, i mean the, is there really any <clears throat> sorry is there really any other way to cover something like that because at the end of the day they are children yeah imagine if I like you started like seeing think of that, stuff yeah. <laughs> um but yeah but like it says in the beginning, it was of the tasteful. B- beginning of this, yeah, it's, we we the, we see less, and it's you, you know exactly what's going on because we, when as an audience member, you're so involved with this film, you like you know what's going on. So yeah. Okay, let's move on to music. Robbie, well, I've, 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 yeah, I've had this soundtrack saved on my Spotify for a couple of weeks now, and it's just a, a go-to kind of you can just listen to it, and then that gangster song comes on, which I actually really like. Um, where, where it's the first time he's driving in the when he's adult, when he's like the character black when he's driving it's that one um, yeah. but no it's got its own motif is that right yeah um, throughout the entire film and it it just keeps playing on it's very recognizable isn't yeah. it and the, when the credits come on I sat there and watched all the credits just because yeah I did song. the same thing yeah. yeah again I think it's it's less than it's told in a non-conventional way with these types of films. You tend to have rap music throughout the whole thing. They're yeah. in the, you know, living on the streets, they're doing drugs. Yeah, I was expecting the soundtrack the to background. be sort of boys in the hood. Yeah, exactly. And so they replaced all of that heavy, gritty rap stuff with cellos, which, which <laughs> yeah. classical music, which is again a, a, yeah. a, a choice, a tonal choice, yeah. and it fits in with the rest of the cinematography. And it fits with his character as well, isn't yeah. it? You know, he, he especially he when he's an adult, he poses yeah. as this gangster with a golden grill and but all this. Before that, really, yeah. he's just this sort of innocent kid, yeah. and he just so happens to do this I mean, thing. I remember I watched it obviously again last night and um, the song that he plays in the diner from which reminds him of, of why he contacts him it, I, I don't know if I like that the second time I watched it I thought it might have been a little bit too cheesy kind of it was like I miss you type thing uh, that's I, why I quite liked it because it was yeah. it the song was saying things that the two of them couldn't yeah. verbalise yeah. because of the fear of doing it so he put on a, I feel a like song it, it, it was probably like his character was trying to be cheesy about it because yeah. maybe he missed them and he thought, right, this is the way I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of get them back. And because they both don't really know, do they, what's and going I, on? And yeah, I suppose and... as a filmmaker, you probably you wanted it to be obvious. Yeah, that's you true. You didn't want a yeah. subtle song there. Yeah, because um, it wasn't a subtle move. It was. No, this is, like, these are yeah. things I can't. You out these the are blue. things I yeah. can't say. And I mean, it could have been more obvious. Like it could have been like, Shh, it's not unusual <laughs> to be loved by anyone. <laughs> Imagine, imagine, imagine. <laughs> I think we need to do a re-edit. Um, 
But yeah, the, the soundtrack is... Love, love, love. That's very nail uh, I mean, on the nose, isn't it? I mean, um, let's go... I just want to go back to kind of like that last scene as well where they're standing in his kitchen and, you know, it's kind of... Oh, that was, that was such a good scene. Yeah, and they're just kind of backwards and forwards with each other and he's trying to get more out of them and then it's, it kind of goes quiet in a way and then he just comes out oof, you know um, the line is like you know the, you're the only man that's ever touches and you're just like bombshell just like he said it and he yeah. you know and then the, and then he kind of explains a little bit more and then that's it yeah that, that we know you know and we see them kind of with each other and it's just nice to see it's, I think the reason it's so powerful because it's because it's a same sex uh, relationship couple yeah. Because the stakes are immediately higher, yeah. so if it was a that it was that if that was a guy saying that to a woman, mm. and she rejected him, he'd just go off and yeah. find another woman, yeah. or like if it's it was, easier. If it was like two, but, a, a but, white man but, but and a white that, woman, yeah. one was Julie Roberts and one was. But that's that that moment. Someone else. Someone else. That <laughs> moment is that person being vulnerable for the first time in his entire life, and if he gets shot down, it's basically a lifetime of misery for him. Yeah. Or he would get shot down, and that's his yeah. life ending. <laughs> like, so that's I think that's a, a, one of the reasons why it's so powerful. Yeah, it really is. Just because of the high stakes of the film. Yeah. yeah. All right. Is there anything you would do differently? No. No, I don't uh, think that's me for commenting on. No, I no. <laughs> I, I'm going to watch this again. So. And, uh, I wouldn't. I'd, I wouldn't do anything. I can't. I. You know, we talk about certain things you would do differently and maybe like if you if you had your hands on it, maybe you would do some sort of alternative versions just because, I don't know, you've got different directorial tastes. Or but you've, you've had a different experience about this, you know, um, but he's told his story. Well, this is exactly it. I don't think anyone else could make this movie. No, like I couldn't write something like this because I've got... But you, it's a distinctive voice. Of course you couldn't write it. No, you shouldn't no, write you it. You shouldn't write it, yeah. <laughs> and like us probably... Like kind of said earlier about building a story world, you know, this is if you take him out of it and these two characters out of it, you've just got um Atlanta or whatever it was or Miami, Miami. Yeah. It was Atlanta yeah. at the end. Yeah. yeah. Um so it's yeah, it's just it's simple it's characters and telling the stories just, yeah. People in trouble. You My know. favourite bit in the whole film was when he uh we see him walk into school. And uh, walks around the corner, goes up the stairs, goes yeah. into the hallway, into the classroom, yeah. picks up the chair and just, just smashes them. Yeah. And I'm like, yes! Because it's, with that yes, as well, totally it's... totally worth it. With that, it's not like half measures. It's, I mean, a lot of this is kind of to the extreme in a way, in the situations. And he just picks up that chair and he knows what's going to happen to him. He's not yeah. a stupid, stupid kid. But like you, you were like, yeah, get in. But then that shapes the rest of his life, and that's that's like dream fulfillment, isn't it? Yeah. I spend a lot of my time in the shower thinking about the time I could have like smashed walked over the bully the next me, day me and just smashed him in the face. Yeah. Like there's so many of them, and he, he did it on screen. And I was like, I wish, I so wish I could, I could do that. Yeah. But the thing is, that that one moment shaped the rest of his life. Yeah. He got sent away. He wasn't around um, the person who we you know, kind of loves, maybe. We yeah. don't really know. And if he was around him like every single day, they wouldn't have been able to have that moment at the very end. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It's good. No, I wouldn't change it. Has it aged? Has it aged? No. I don't in think it, it in can. In the past 12 right. months, Is, it hasn't. It, I didn't see any technology in this film. It was a TV, but that it was It could like, have been because they were low income. Yeah. 
Uh, that was the only thing. I feel like this is going to be very timeless because there's no sort of like mobile phones. Uh, you don't point to any technology. No. It, it, halfway through, I was thinking, is this supposed to be like in the 1970s or the 80s? Mm-hmm. But even so. then, it, it wasn't like... No. Turbo magazine. Yeah. And like the cars as well. <laughs> Someone wasn't just... playing Nintendo, you know. Yeah. I think it's very necessary and relevant in today's culture. Yeah. But it will be also necessary and relevant in in, in years to come. The themes yeah. of that it's it's tackles aren't going anywhere. Yeah. And I feel like in forty or fifty years' time someone will go back and be like, Barry Jenkins was very brave to make a film like that in twenty sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any more trivia slash fun facts slash um, fan theories? I don't have any fan, fan theories, but um, it, this was based on an unproduced play, which was called Into the Moonlight, Black Boys Look Blue, um, by, um, I can't pronounce that, someone's name. Um, I'm not <laughs> even going to try. Um, so yeah, it's based on a play. All right. So, and the camera was so for two seconds i'm reading this right now so the camera was overcranked so the at to 48 i noticed that sometimes FPS, the yeah. the shutter speed wasn't in sync with the yeah. the fluttery lights at Which some point really worked that was yeah. so good yeah this was a last minute um kind of kind of addition yeah. Was in the editing stage, so, right? Which is uh, uh oh, look, overcranked. So, over, Next time called. we like put the sh- the thingy up, should we call it overcranked? Overcranked. That's cool. Yeah. Should we overcrank it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, other than that, I really enjoyed this film. Cool. Should we wrap up thoughts? And then we'll talk about what we're doing next week. I really enjoyed this film. I'm so excited to watch this film again. Yeah, I'm gonna with, with this. I'm going to because I only watched it a month ago. And then I watched it last night. I'm gonna wait a while. I'm gonna wait, like unless I want to have really get into the cinematography side and look into it. Yeah. Um, but I think I'll I'll give it a couple of years and then just kind of try and forget about it because the second time was just as good, but the first time it's very powerful. So yeah, so I would, I would highly recommend watching this film. I think the themes are very very relevant and uh, I can't say a bad word about it. No, it's not about. If you've never seen this and you're put off by, I don't know what you'd be put off by it for. But if, uh, if, you, it, if you're put off by this, you either <laughs> just don't really like sort of like gangstery films. Well, yeah, don't yeah. worry, it's not really about that. Or you're either a sexist, a racist, or a um, homophobe. <laughs> In that case, oh, we don't want you to listen to this podcast, okay? Yeah, but it's basically it's it's about being in an environment that is unwelcoming and unkind and not supportive of your who you are. And yeah. and what that does to a person, so what happens to Chiron? He has an identity yeah. crisis, and we've all been through that. We've all been in a place where it doesn't support, yeah. or you feel like you're an outsider, you feel isolated, you feel lonely, and all the character wanted to do in this film was just to find love. That's yeah. all he wanted to do. I think and it was about him battling with his external surroundings. Yeah, I think I'm going to take a lot away from this for one of our next films that we're going to make because I think there's a lot we can from cinematography to sound to music to kind of performance as well because we've got a film coming up and it's it is about there's not there's a lot happens but there's not and there's a lot of free time and space but this does it so well so I think there's definitely some lessons to learn from it very good wrap up thoughts so that was that was this week's film of Moonlight by Barry Jenkins. Go and watch it. Next week we are going to be watching Leon. Leon. Yeah. Colon. 
the professional. The professional. Sometimes it is, sometimes yeah. it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I've not seen it, so I don't really know what it's about. Either. Yeah, that's why we're choosing this. So Richard and I have seen it. Rob hasn't seen it, and he should. Yeah, I'm really so looking It's been on time, the DVD pile. So you haven't seen that? Yeah. haven't seen it's that. Good job we've got a section for that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> bit, of a, bit of a tonal difference from this week's film, which we like to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, tune in next week. Watch Leon. Cool. Is it on Netflix? I've got it on DVD if anyone wants to borrow it. I've got it on DVD as well. <laughs> okay. I'll no. watch it this weekend and then I'll bring it in so you can like have a few days. All right, we're good. <laughs> okay, let's move on from you haven't seen that and move on to trivia. So I'm getting beat. So you're getting it's beat. A, it's like 5-1, isn't it? 5-1, yeah. We're so. playing the Foley Grail this week. <laughs> Class name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the first Foley sound. Uh, tell me, me. I'll just turn this up. First, tell me what you think the film is okay. and what the sound is. Okay. And then we'll talk about what, what the original sound was. Spider-Man? No. Lord of the Rings? Lord yes, of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. It'll be I'll the you, orcs. I'll give, you a point the orcs. I'll give you a point for that. It'll be on, on Hel- Helm's Deep? Nope. It's a it's a it's a monster. It's one. Is of it the, the spider? It's the spider. Oh. Yeah. I'll give you a bonus point for that. So it's called Shelob. Shelob. Yeah. And it's just the noise of the spider. That was that was. If you could pick that out in the noise there, how do you think that was made? The kind of screechy. Cat killing cats. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be very extreme for all the artist. <laughs> well, it would, you, you would probably get the sound. That's true. Yeah. Don't try it at home though. I don't know. Um, um, no, it wasn't that. Okay. Uh, I've, I've, I've got no idea. Do you want to say a guess? Um, oh, it's got to be a release of pressure at some point, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, is it is it like blowing um, b- uh, bubbles into a yogurt and then letting them pop? Is it nope. is it car bricks? It's not. Oh, okay. God. It's a toy alien head. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. one of those toys where... Th- and then they put uh, water inside it. Oh. So there's a bit of... Sc- All right. Uh, I thought it was... Uh, um, Oh, what's that film called with the guy where you can't feed him after midnight? The Gremlins. I thought it was a gremlin at first. Mm. No. So yeah, Toy Alien Head. <laughs> okay, number two for this round. Come on then. There you are. Oh, it's Jurassic Park. Yeah. What's happening in the background there? Pulling the, the shell apart. Yeah. So it's the veloc- velociraptor hatching from the egg there. So the sound I'm looking for is that. That egg sound, that kind of crunchy. I can play it back so you can have oh, a listen. Come on. Come on. Come on, then. You hear it? There you are. There you are. Wait, it's someone doing this. Is it like um, <laughs> rummaging through a tin of beans? <laughs> <laughs> rummaging through a tin of beans? What do you think? <laughs> Tickling a tin of beans? Uh, <laughs> a bag of crisps. Uh, no, it wasn't a bag of crisps. Was it beans? <laughs> is it beans inside a condom? No. You're obsessed you got to get one. creative. Yeah, you got to get creative. Um, no, it was an ice cream corn wafer. Oh, it was crunching right. that. Of course it was. Of course it was, yeah. <laughs> but that a fun day on set that, you know. Well, better get the ice cream. Better get the ice creams in, yeah. yeah. Put that on the, on the budget, yeah. <laughs> Last one for this round. Ooh. 
So it's that kind of yeah, thing the in the background. type thing. That liquidy sound. It's something on a conveyor belt, I feel. That, can you hear that? This is a hard one, this one. That's definitely beans. I don't know what che- the film I'm, is. I'm cheating here. It's Terminator 2 again. Oh. And it's the sound. I'll just tell you the sound. So it's the sound of when he's morphing back at the end where Arnie shoots him and okay. his, the, all the liquid metal is coming uh, back together. Right. And because there's loads of stuff in the background, like yeah. industrial noises. and Oh, cool. So how did he make that liquid sound? Beans. <laughs> is it? Is it like... Um, I feel like I know this. It's on the tip of my tongue. Is it like pouring like custard or something? Like no. Porridge? No. <laughs> is it beans? <laughs> it is. No. The reason I chose this one is because it, the, the, the sound was made by putting a condom over a microphone and dipping it in a solution of ah. water, flour, flour and furniture cleaner. I read this. So it was a condom one. You're right. Oh, <laughs> I wanted you to guess that. <laughs> So yeah, it was just like kind of, and and this just dipping liquid, it and in, this like kind of just dipping it this in, dense what? this dense liquid, <laughs> dipping in a dense liquid. Okay, so, uh, I think Richard, you won that. I'll give you all the points. Okay, you got a few there, but I think Richard won again. Yeah, I think you won again. So it's two two. It's two. It's two two. Oh, are we, is that the end of the quiz? Because we haven't got any more. Yeah. Oh man, I was excited. We don't have any questions, more. so. Okay, tune in in a few weeks where we'll play the Foley Grill again because there's some fun ones here. Cool. Um, all right, I'll wrap it up then. Uh, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. I really enjoyed the film. Um, and if you want to watch next week's film, it's going to be Leon the Professional. Yep. Yep. Question mark. Uh, if it is that. Uh, um, so yeah, thanks for watching, listening to the Film Look podcast. But we do try and achieve it one shot at a time. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.